Hey, welcome to week number three in our series that we're starting out the new year, calling it It's Time. You, you know, we, we, fresh start, 2020, here we go, here we go, we're rolling. And uh, uh, this is message number three in the series. Before we jump in, just want to say a big shout out everybody joining us online. Uh, thank you so much, literally on average week, close to 300 devices that log in, and sometimes a whole lot more. And, and so welcome to everyone. Uh, I want to go back to the verse that we've been looking at, this kind of the framework uh, for, this ver- for this series, and it's Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. If you have your Valley app, go ahead, open it up. All the notes are there for you. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and uh, the gospel says this is primarily the thing that Jesus preached over and over. This was the message uh, that Jesus had over and over. We talked about this word repent. It, it's gotten a lot of baggage thrown on it, just negative connotations. But, but really it's a real positive thing. It means to change your thinking and allow your thinking to change the way that you live, the direction you're headed in. So repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, I'm no good at being a king of my own life. You're probably not very good at it either. We make a mess of things when we're the center of our lives. And Jesus said it's not supposed to be that way. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's right now. It's not for the sweet by and by in heaven uh, in eternity. He's talking about the quality of life that really God wants every single one of us to live. And when you think about a new year, uh, oftentimes, you know, our hopes are high, but our habits are really, really low. Uh, we have all these ideas of, oh, it's going to be this way. Uh, you know, again, hope's high, but our habits are really low. So this message series is really about practical habits that can help us to get where it is that really we want to go, really where we want to be at the end of this year in 2020. And so uh, this is so important that we understand all of Jesus' preaching was formed uh, around this. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is right now. In other words, get your habits to line up with your hopes, and you'll end up right where God really wants you to be. And so this message this week, uh, I'm just calling it God time. That is, I think it's time for, that we put God at the center of everything that we do, if we're going to live the ultimate life that he created you and I for, not settling for something much, much less. And, and so that's the first question I want to ask as we start off today, and that is, have you given God the right to every area of your life? Every single area of your life, not just your Sunday mornings, not just your marriage, your, your family, uh, work, attitudes, every single area of your life. Because until you do that, uh, God can't do his best work inside of you uh, until you really give him every single area of your life. I, I love how C.S. Lewis, great Christian author, put it. Uh, he said this way, human history is a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. And, and the fact about nothing else fulfills us, satisfies the longing of the human soul except for God. And you can look at human history, it's just a mess, just one after the other of, of individuals, groups, nations even, trying to find something other than God that's really going to satisfy, really, really make them happy. And, and so, as we drill down into this uh, today, I want to look at uh, just, just a real 
great passage of scripture from message uh, paraphrase of the Bible. In Romans chapter 13, it kind of tells us what it looks like when we put God at the center of everything in our life, every area of our life, we surrender to him, and what happens if we choose not to. Because as we talked about before, the choice is up to us. Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse 11, it says, But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of time and you doze off. Oblivious to God. It's just that slow kind of fade, that drifting away from God because we get so focused on just getting through the day that we lose sight of Him. It says, the night is about over, the dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. And and as we talked about, you know, in week one, kind of like the light is green, it's time to put the car in, you know, move forward. So so this is just a general, this whole series, kind of, as your pastor, I'm behind you, the light is green, beep, beep. Maybe we're not paying attention, maybe we're not focused on what God is doing. And so this whole series is meant to kind of be a gentle nudge, beep, beep, not laying on the horn like a a real New Yorker, but just a very southern, polite beep, beep to say, let's let's get going. The light is green. It goes on and it says, God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation that he began when when we first believed. God is the one that wants to do the work. We just cooperate with him. We just surrender every area of our life to him. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. That's the total wrong perspective on life. We'll never experience the God life that he created you and me for when we're living for those things. It goes on and says, get out of bed, get dressed, don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourself in Christ. Be up and about. Be up and about. And uh, just, just thinking about this, just real practical, this message, and uh, really this whole series is as we start the, the, the new year. I, I think it's so important that we realize that just a huge difference that it makes and it will make in our lives, again, not just to have high hopes, but could I put it this way? Have holy habits as well. And if we have high hopes and holy habits, you know what? We're not going to miss a thing that God is doing and what he wants to do in our lives, through our lives, in our church, and through our church in 2020. Uh, I'd, I'd like to put it this way. The moment you put God at the center of your life, you'll have great joy. The moment you put God at the center of your life, you will have great joy because joy is a choice that we make. A decision, as we talked about last week. And so I got to thinking, uh, you, you know, just a little bit of background. Maybe you're not aware of kind of like my personal story. Uh, I, I started here as a pastor in, in May of 1990. Susie and I were married three months after that. So I was engaged, and, and then we were married down in Florida. And she, of course, joined me up here after that. And, um, and immediately I got a call from a buddy of mine that I played high school football with and uh and he was coaching over at the high school at John Jay where we played and he was like Williamson are you back to stay and I was like yeah so offered a job and so I coached uh high school football at John Jay 90 through 93 and then uh Susie was expecting our first child Michaela hung up my whistle 
and, and I went back to coaching 2005 through 2012, John Jay, and then after that, Lord's High School. In the interim time there, you know, kids are expensive. <laughs> kids are really, really expensive. And uh, uh, I was asked to be a professor for an online school of theology called Christian Life School of Theology. Uh, and it was online and based in churches, so they had live courses as well. So I did a lot of traveling ministry during that time. Uh, I started a whole not-for-profit called Greg Williamson Ministries. And uh, it was able to really supplement the Williamson's income uh, during about an 11, 12-year period almost, uh, or nine-year period that uh, that really helped because kids are expensive, and uh, the church uh, has always been real generous. But uh, they, they did all that they could at the time, but it wasn't a whole heck of a lot. So, so it really helped me to be able to travel and to teach like that. And so, I, I still there's two courses that I taught, and uh, they're still available online. I get royalty checks from time to time when students take those. Um, and uh, they'd always ask me as I was at another church to stay over on Sunday. I'd get an honorarium for that. So I probably traveled six, maybe seven weekends uh, out of the year uh, teaching like that, really to supplement our income. And uh, so that was great. Just it's, it's very different than a Sunday morning preaching or teaching when you're in a classroom and those students are hungry in terms of their their. Uh, preparing for ministry. They just listen a little different, especially when your grade, you know, they're going to get a grade for it. Uh, so it's a different style of communicating. I loved it. I, I really did kind of scratch the same itch when I was coaching football. And, uh, and also, uh, coming up on 30 years of ministry, during that time, uh, it's just the way that God's wired me. I've, I've actually uh, given almost 30 people their start in ministry over that time, that, that this was the first like full-time paid position that they ever had in ministry. Many of them pastoring and uh, worship leaders all around the country today. And, and so I've had the opportunity to kind of help some people get started, even in preparation for ministry as well. And so kind of the background to this message, what, what was in my mind was, uh, what would I say and, and kind of some things that I have said, what would I say uh, if you were a student in my class that would best help to prepare you to really walk in God's way and fulfill everything that God had planned and purpose for your life? Uh, or maybe if you're on my team in a way, but, but this is more in a you know, spiritual sense in terms of following Christ. You know, and I, so I was thinking, what would I say? What have I said to those that are getting a start in ministry under, you know, opportunity and opportunity I've given to them? And, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you, like, this is for you, but I, I just thought about what would I say to folks like that. And so I want to share with you what I would say to folks like that. I'm not saying it at you, but I, I'm just saying it if there were folks like that in the room. Get it? So uh, uh, that's what the framework that I want to say and, and share this with you now. And, and one of the first things I would say to someone like, I want to fulfill my potential. I don't want to miss a moment that God has for me in, in terms of impact and ministry and life. First thing I'd say is this. It's time to take control of your schedule. You, you, you have got to take control of your schedule. Because here's the thing, if your life is out of balance, your life is a mess. If, if your life is out of balance, your life is a mess. So many people that I know starting out, total out of, out of balance, and here's the thing, it's unsustainable. That's why there's a 95% dropout rate for pastors. Because 
they have not taken control of their schedule. If, let me put it this way, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. Hey, listen, that was hilarious. That was really, just think about that for a minute. If you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. And you're going to burn out and you're going to burn up really, really fast. In fact, I love how the Bible puts it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6 says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, understanding I have limited capacity, not trying to grab everything. Because when I try to grab everything, guess what? There's nothing room for anything else that God has for me. And I love this. Better one handful and I'm at peace. I have peace in my life. Than running and chasing after the wind which you can never actually capture. So you, you can't get where you want to be ignoring this God time principle. The principles that God has in his word. It's so important not to prioritize your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. There's a huge difference between that. Not, not to prioritize your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Here's my schedule. Here are the things that are important. I'm going to make sure I don't miss the most important things because of all the urgent stuff flying around that'll make me miss what's really, truly important. And so, Jeremiah also talks about this. I love this. Jeremiah 6, 16. I've preached on this before. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Uh, for some of us, especially I think when we're younger, we tend to think, Older people don't really know what they're talking about, aren't as smart as we are. But the Bible says, go back to what has worked historically, and you'll be all right. Here, here's something crazy. If you're young, 20-something like this, here, here's something like this. Get to bed earlier. Get to sleep earlier. The reason I say that is this. You're sleeping the entire morning away and missing opportunities because you're staying up too late, binge-watching Netflix or something else like that. No matter what it is, whatever it is you're doing. Get to sleep earlier. The most successful people in life, if you want to look at any field, ministry, anything like that, they get to bed earlier and they wake up earlier than most. So that's an ancient path. Ask where the good way is and, and walk in it. And walk in it. And, and so I, I want to share with you, just take a minute, uh, just, just how to do this every single day. Because folks that are really successful, they prioritize they schedule their priorities, and, and they do the most important things every single day, and not everything is equally as important. Not everything is equally important, so I just want to share with you, every single day I do, every single day for over 30 years, even when I was a, a student in college, every single day I do these things. The only exception, this is before Instagram, uh, this, is, this is before news, this is before eating breakfast, this is before anything. The only thing that I would allow, exception to this, is coffee, uh, that, that I will make a cup of coffee before I do this because... Of course, we know coffee is heavenly bean juice, and, and God loves coffee. So make my cup of coffee, and then here it is. The first 15 minutes of my day, here it is. First thing is this, five minutes in the Bible. Just five minutes in the Bible. Second thing, five minutes in worship, and then five minutes in prayer. 
first 15 minutes of the day. And, and I encourage you, you start doing this every single day without any exception, you'll watch your life change. Your attitudes will change, your perspectives will change. Five minutes reading the Bible, that's like one, one psalm a day. Maybe one proverb a day. You'll be done in five minutes. Five minutes in worship. That's like one worship song. We have our Spotify playlist that makes avail- we make that available to you uh, on the Valley app. That's like one song. Just one song. And, and then five minutes of prayer. Real simple. God, you start out with two and a half minutes just thanking God. And then two and a half minutes sharing God what your needs are, your requests are. 15 minutes a day. In fact, there's actually an app that you can download, but the tricky thing there is got to get to the app without all the other interruptions of email and Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, Twitter. But it's called the First 15, and it actually lays out all of this for you. Five minutes Bible reading. It has a five-minute worship video that you can worship along with wherever you are, and then leads you in a five-minute prayer as well. The app is called First 15. I highly recommend it. And so doing that every single day, it's time to take control of your schedule. Because if you don't control your schedule, your schedule will control you, and you'll never get to the important stuff. You'll never get to it. And here's the second thing I would say, not to you guys, but, but to, to students that are training for ministry, you know, or someone who's starting out in ministry. Second thing I'd say is this, it's time to rethink what I allow in my mind and my body. It's time to rethink. It's time to put a filter on my eyes, my ears, and my mouth. It, it's kind of crazy how much, you know, oftentimes uh, we're, we're concerned uh, about uh, we're concerned about what we put into our mouth, but there's very little concern of what we allow into our life from our eyes and our ears. And and that will cause us to get a toxic, hardened heart faster than anything else. And so it's time to rethink what I allow in my mind and my body. Uh, We've looked at this in the past, but I want to look at it in a different translation. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, uh, GW translation. That's not Greg Williamson, by the way. That's God's Word translation right there. It says, someone may say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything encourages growth. So what is it right now in your life that you're doing that doesn't encourage growth? You know, let, let, me, uh, let, me, let me look at this next verse and then I'll kind of unpack this. Psalm 141 verse 4 says, Don't let me, it's a great prayer, don't let me drift towards evil or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. See, the reality is when we ignore what's most important, when God's not the center of our life, we don't drift towards good things. No one drifts towards good things. We all drift towards evil. And so what I'm talking about is uh, I, I think it's probably, uh, it's probably time. It's probably time to share with someone just how much you actually do drink. Nobody else knows, kind of keeping it a secret. And, and you're drifting. You're drifting. It, it, it's, time to, it's time to stop listening to certain kind of music and things that are stirring not good things up inside you, but they're pushing you to drift towards evil. 
It's time to stop clicking on some stuff. It's time to just look for some help. Because maybe not this week, maybe not this month, maybe not even this year, but Satan knows, man, you give me six years, you give me 12 years of that activity, I will ruin your life. And it's just the drift. It's just the drift. So it's really, really important. What, what, what is it right now that you know, even as I'm just sharing, I don't want to give some big list or anything. I've said enough already. What is it you know right now? That activity, that event, whatever that is, over the next 10 to 20 years, it's going to bring you to ruin. Gambling, whatever it is. It's, it's going to bring you to absolute ruin. It, it's time to really rethink what I allow in my mind what I allow my body, it's time. And, and then the third thing I would, I would say, just coaching up someone starting out, student, in ministry, wanting ministry, wanting just fulfill God's plan and purpose for their life. I, I'd say this, and this is so important, it's time to organize my finances. It's time to organize my finances in a God-centered way. Because God knows how finances work best. And real simply put, God's way is three things. Give, save, live. In that order. Give, save, and live. Whatever comes to our hands. First, I'm going to give. Then, I'm going to save. And then the rest, I'm going to live on. Whatever comes in my hands. In fact, you can even put it this way. God even has percentages on it. Give is 10%. That's what the word tithe means. Save, most financial planners say 10%. Live is 80%. 10, 10, 80. It's time to order my finances. Because I have seen through the years, financial mismanagement messes up more marriages and messes up more ministries than any other thing. Any other thing. Finances. It's time to organize my finances around God. Around God time, about what God has to say. See, Jesus put it this way, and you can't, you can deny this, but you cannot get around it. Jesus said, "Where your, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be." If my treasure is all about me and mine. Guess what? I'm sitting on the throne of my life, and I'm gonna mess it up. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. See, it starts, give is first, not what's left over. God never says give leftovers. It says give first, give the best, and then handle the rest of it the right way. But this isn't, uh, again, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about someone starting out in ministry. This is what I would say to them, you know. So, so, so you don't have to take this personally, because this isn't meant to like give more money to the church. That's not, why, that's not why I'm saying this. This is to help someone starting out to fulfill God's plan and purpose for their life, not to miss a moment, not to miss anything that God has for them. Because the Bible makes it clear, God's way, when we put God at the center, honor God with everything you own, give him the first and the best. And then you know what happens? Then his blessing comes on the rest. And he can do more. You can do more. You, you'll seek more with God's blessing on it 
than trying to handle it apart from God's blessing. So really important, it's time to organize my finances. Here's the fourth thing, it's time to live my life intentionally. Be really, really deliberate and intentional. Because here's the, here's the fact, you ready for this? We're not a product of our circumstances, we're a product of our disciplines. Or the lack thereof. You and I, you are right now, where you are today, where I am today, is not the product of all the events of my life. Where I am today is the product of all of my decisions in life. Where you are today is the product of your disciplines, not your circumstances. So, it's time to live my life intentionally. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. Sluggers, that's another word for lazy people in an agricultural setting. This is talking about, but it applies to us as well. Sluggers or lazy people do not plow in season, so harvest time, they look, but they find nothing. You know, it takes faith. Farmers have to have faith because you're planting that seed, you're tending to it, you're fertilizing it, make sure it's water, all that stuff, and you don't see anything happen. Lazy people are like, man, I'm just living for today. There's nothing going to happen. Look at that farmer out there. He's just working so hard. He's just keeping these disciplines. He's just doing this regiment every single day, this first 15. He thinks that's going to make a difference in his life. And then the fall comes. And the lazy person has nothing. Has nothing. But the person who keeps the disciplines and keeps making intentional, deliberate decisions every single day, they're not going to be wanting They'll not be found wanting. And so, this is just for you. I, I heard uh, John Maxwell one time. He talked about successful people, and I, I try to read everything that I can John Maxwell ever writes. He was a pastor of a great church out in San Diego, Skyline uh, Church. That's where he actually learned a lot of leadership. And then so much, he became like a leadership consultant and guru, now New York Times best-selling author, like I think 12 times over, just crazy. Uh, and, and he talked about successful people have five things that they do every single day without fail. Five things that they do every single day without fail. And yours might be different, but I want to share with you right now my five things. Every single day, religiously, if you want to put it that way, this is what Greg Williamson tries to do. And I've been tr- doing these five things literally since I was a freshman in college. So, so 34 years, I've been doing these five things every single day. And if I've had any measure of success or impact in my life, influence with people in my life, influence with those around me, it's because I do these five things every single day. Long before I was a pastor, every single day. First thing is this, spend time with God. We already talked about that. That spend time, that would be my first 15. Then study God's word. That's studying it for others. Studying, but you can just study it for yourself. Then, loving those closest to me. I, every night when I, my head is on the pillow, I'm like, have I loved those closest to me in a way that Jesus would be proud of, that he'd be happy about? So that's my wife, that's my kids. One, one, one of my girls lives here, but, but two of them are in college. Have I reached out to them? Have I connected with them? Have I, have I loved those that I work with? Have, have I responded to them in a godly way, treated them in a godly way? Spend time with God, study God's word, love those closest to me, encourage someone. I, I, that's a daily habit I've tried for over 34 years just to 
if, if it's like the last thing, the very last thing of the day, then I'll just look for something I can encourage Susie with because she's the last person I see every day. But just encourage someone some way. Sometimes it's a stranger. Sometimes it's someone serving us at a restaurant. Just encourage someone every single day. And then finally, take care of myself. You see, this is my rule of five, but I'm the last in there. I'm the last in there. And it's amazing how it kind of takes care of herself. That, that when I get these, right, these four right, then it works out taking care of myself as well. So that's my rule of five. Every single day, I'm not saying I do it every day, but I, I'm pretty good. I'd, I'd say most weeks, six days out of seven for sure. That I can click off. I did every single one of those. These are my prior, These are the priorities of my life. And, and I'd encourage you, get your rule of five, and they shouldn't change. They should just take, they're going to take me across the finish line one day when the Lord calls me home. I, I hope one of the last things that I'm doing when the Lord calls me home is one of these things. Right here. That rule of five. It will, you know, I, I love this. This idea really comes from, I think, a great place to look. Psalm 90, verse 12. The Bible says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. And, and so for me, I know that's not in your notes, but my rule of five there, that, that just helps me to spend my days the way that I know that I should. So if you haven't done it before, come up with your rule of five and just practice them every single day without fail so that that's that's kind of what i would say uh to to maybe a student starting out in ministry or uh you know some uh, studying for ministry or, or or maybe someone starting in ministry for the first time uh but the reality is there's a key to all of that and i want to go through this really really quick we'll just take a a, a moment or two here uh, because there's a key to all of this and uh it's made up of three things the, the key to everything the key to all of this is, first thing is this, you, you got to know what your purpose is. You, you have to know what your purpose is, because if not, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. Nothing. So, I must know what my purpose is. When you know your why, you know your way. <laughs> when you know your why, you know your way. Again, this is why we have growth track at Valley Christian Church, because we want people to discover their why. Because when you know your why, you're going to know your way. It, when you know your purpose, it helps you in the face of temptation. This isn't, God didn't make me for this. I, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. As strong as that pull might be, I'm not going to do that. That's not what God made me for. God made me for this, not that. I'm not settling. And so you must know your purpose Psalm 139, verse 16, David put, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Do you know God's got a script that he's written for your life? He's got a script that he's written for your life. He's got a script that he's written for my life. And, and we find fulfillment when we follow the script. That's God's purpose and plan for our lives. So the first thing, I must know my purpose. Second thing is this, I must have a plan if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. you got to have a plan. Proverbs 17, verse 24, the Bible says, An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. you got to have a plan. Man makes plans, the Bible says, 
God directs his step. Nowhere does it say you're foolish to make plans. No, intelligent people make plans. Wise action. However, they recognize God's the one who's going to direct my steps. And so I need to adjust sometimes, but you've got to have a plan. And here's the third thing, key to it all. I must have accountability. Man, I am all about account. You've got to be accountable. You have to have accountable relationships in your life. Because if you try to do it alone, you're going to fail. You're going to fall right on your face. I'm so thankful for the trustees of Valley Christian Church, elders of Valley Christian Church, the accountability that they bring into my life. I'm so thankful for outside ministers and pastors also that provide accountability for me that I can call when I'm feeling something on a personal level get jammed up that, that really, really help me. Every one of us needs someone. Now, the last message next week in this series is all about relationships. And so I haven't talked too much about it in this message. But next week, we're going to end talking about how important it, it's time. If we're going to experience everything God has for us, we've got to have the right healthy relationships around us. But that's next week. I hope you join us for that. But we need accountability in our lives for what we're doing with our time, what we're doing with our treasure, what we're doing with our talent. We need accountability. Every single person, man, woman, we need accountability. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 puts it this way. Two people are better off than one. Did you hear that? Two are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. We need help. You know, I'll just, just, you know, Valley Christian Church is a team effort. Our staff and, and our dream teamers. I mean, this, this is so crazy to ever think this is like a one-man show. That's impossible. Absolute impossibility. I, I guess that was ingrained in me real young playing football. You know, quarterback can't snap the ball to himself, throw the pass to himself. You've got to have blockers. You've got to have wide receivers. You've got to have to have a team around you. Then you've got to have a defense that stops the other ones. It's always about team. T-E-A-M. Together, everyone achieves more. Two people are better off than one. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real bad trouble real bad trouble. We need accountability. I, I, you know, I was thinking about it. I, I don't think there's like a moment in my life ever, quite honestly, where there is not someone else on the planet that knows exactly where I am and what I'm doing. Because I believe the accountability has helped me to get to where I am today. And it's going to help me to finish strong. And, and so, you know, uh, work week starts work day, text my assistant, this is where I am, this is what I'm doing, this is when I'll be in. I, ready to go at the end of the day, text my wife, this is where I am, heading home, stopping here, be home by this time. All the time. Everyone in my home always knows exactly where dad is all the time. I, I just think it's so important. It keeps us healthy, accountability. And, 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 and I don't know, maybe, maybe you are morally superior to me. Maybe you don't need that in your life, but, but I do. And, and so again, this isn't meant for you. This is meant for somebody who really wants to fulfill all God's plan and purpose for their life, you know, in, in, as like a student. And, and so I must have accountability. And I know that's scary. 
I, I know that's really, really scary to just kind of let people in. <laughs> but, but this is a God step. It takes faith. And, and, and faith means kind of stepping out of our comfort zone where I just answer to nobody, I do whatever I want, make unilateral decisions, and nobody's allowed to speak into my life. You, you know, we're celebrating Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Day, and, and I couldn't end without this incredible quote by Martin Luther King about faith. It's scary, but listen to what Dr. King said. Faith is taking a step even when you don't see the whole staircase. That's what faith is. Faith is, okay, I hear God's word. I hear what God's saying. Lord, I, I trust you. I, I can't see all the details. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that step. Even though I can't see the whole staircase. God, I trust you putting God at the center of not just my Sundays, not just your Sundays, but every area of our life. Listen, I've been at this a long time. I've never once heard someone say, I surrendered every area of my life to God and I really regret it. Never heard that before. I've heard a lot of people, I tried halfway and made a mess of it. But I've never heard someone, I gave God everything, surrendered everything in my life to him, and I'm better because of it. So that's what I would say if you were in my class. That's what I would say if I was uh, trying to coach you up in terms of fulfilling God's perfect ultimate plan for your life. I think we could all probably, student or not, take that personally. So right now I'm going to ask, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that your word, your word is really about the play, it's the playbook for life. And, and Lord, this playbook doesn't work unless we execute the plays that you've given to us, the game plan. And so Father, we just pray for courage and faith, Lord, to really live the lives that you created us to, the ultimate, the best lives that you created us for. It doesn't mean perfect, doesn't mean without challenge or adversity, but Lord, we're, we're going to run the plays that you've given to us, and we are going to fulfill every plan that you have created us to fulfill. We're going to live the blessed life because we're living it the way you created us to live it. Thank you, God. We love you so much, and yet, you love us so much more. So much more. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you've never taken that first step of faith and received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, that's where it starts. You, to put him at the center, you've got you to surrender your life to him. How does that happen? Well, the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I'd just like to lead you in a prayer. I just invite you, if you've never done it before, just open your heart up, surrender your life to Jesus right now. And he'll come in, he'll begin to guide you and lead you by his Holy Spirit 
into all the best days that he has planned for you. Just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.